Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zachary Van Sliders, the Old Man Gaming. With me is Knight Six Four Five, aka Logan, and we are at episode fifteen. So, very surprising. I, yeah, very surprising. <laughs> Quite a bit of episodes. So, let's get into the disclaimers. Uh, number one, uh, and probably the only one. I don't know why I always count them down, and it's just one for us. I'm just used to the reviews, but. Uh, we do not get paid for this, at least not yet, and uh, even when we do, we're bad at it, so we're not going to go back and edit, uh, so this is your warning uh, that, uh, yeah, it's it's probably not going to be good. There's better podcasts out there, uh, <clears throat> and then I'd also like to give some credits. Uh, you would have heard this show preceded by a quick theme song. Uh, the writer and singer of that theme song is my brother, uh, Nick Van Sliders, so a shout out to him for that. And then also we had a graphic uh, that you saw right at the beginning, a custom one, and uh, that was done by Mark Bell. <clears throat> there we go. So is that, oh my god, look who it is. It's totally surprising. Holy moly, look, fancy seeing you guys here. I'm Mark Bell, and it is a wonderful thing to be entering your conference studio. We totally <laughs> didn't expect this or plan it. Yeah, wow. we didn't expect it or plan it in any way, shape, or form. There was no messenger uh, feed that we talked about this for weeks on end. There, this is completely unexpected. See, and this is why we should always leave our studio doors open. <laughs> there you go. Just don't lock it. It'll be fine. Yes, our bi-dimensional studio doors in which we can somehow both be in Michigan and, and Ohio at the same time. Two different places in Ohio. Two different, right, right, right. Uh, yes, so proper now, uh, we have Mark Bell. Uh, as you heard, yes, he is the guy who does our graphic in the beginning. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. All right, well, Mark is going to be talking about Something a little bit later, a local game uh, and game development that he is involved in and that I am actually involved in. And uh, we'll get to that, but first we want to do fan traction. We always do fan traction at the top of the show. But before we get into that, Mark, what kind of gamer are you? Um, mostly PC, although uh, I've been sucked into a mobile game recently. It's a Gundam model kit fighting game on Can the phone. Can Which I say I see that everything about me? I see, right yeah. <laughs> I see that game every time I go into Google and like the stars keep going down and I'm like I still bet a thousand dollars that Mark Bell is playing that game. You are goddamn right. <laughs> yes, Mark is a huge Gundam mecha anime and sci-fi dude. It's true. That's pretty much what I do. I think would sum it up pretty much perfectly. Um, he is also no. one of the original fans of Old Man Gaming, obviously, since he made the graphics, all of them. Right. He, he also 
what I don't say on the show, also made the original graphic that I use for my cover as well as my tab, the OMG and the TV screen, and then the uh, silly dude in a fedora sitting on a couch. That's all Mark yep. Bell. He truly is the best. <laughs> I am a graphics enthusiast. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, okay, so... All right, so that brings us to fan traction. This is when we talk to you guys, the fans. Uh, we ask you guys questions. We read out your comments on the air. So just right off the bat, if you want to talk to us, we are very vocal to the people that we are with, especially since we only have 55 subscribers. So we can read everything you guys say to us. Um, <laughs> comment on YouTube or our Facebook page, and we'll, we'll read out whatever you guys comment. Um, and uh, the question last week was, what's too much for a console? What's the right price for a console generation? Uh, we're coming up on the next one, Project Scarlet, PlayStation 5. They're coming out holiday 2020. Uh, so what is the price that's going to make you go out there, wait in a line, and spend your hard-earned money? Uh, we did get a comment, uh, Kev Too Tall. Uh, he actually commented a bunch of stuff, but his comment directly to this question was $500 is about the most I see being a viable price before you start to lose sales to cheaper option. Agreed. I mean, yeah. that was something we talked that's, that's about last week. Say that again. Sorry. No, I was going to say that. that's pretty much the number that was popping into my head too. 500 bucks is about my break-even. Yeah. You know, my big nervousness is like – I think $500 is right. My big nervousness, though, is these things have standard state drives. They're 4K, and they do 120 FPS guaranteed. So, like, <laughs> that kind of technology is so expensive. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not that expensive. It's not? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, all things considered, like, how big is the solid state drive? Like, 500 gigs? That's like 40 bucks. Oh, okay. That, for a consumer, for a consumer, that's yeah. forty bucks. The manufacturer is like, you know, five or ten. Well, th this is good to know. I mean, this is what everybody's saying in the gamers market is that it's super expensive. But it's nice to know. Everybody out there should know. Mark is a. I be, I'm going to screw this up, but an engineer basically. Yeah. Yep. Of yep. the highest order, he just does science all day. That's what he does. Robot well, science. Science and spreadsheets, but yeah, you know. <laughs> He's. He's like a character from Big Bang Theory, <laughs> without all the terrible nerd nerd stereotypes. Well, hopefully, yeah. I've, I've tried. I've tried to smooth that out a little. <laughs> um. So okay. Uh, well, that's that's good to know. That's what yeah. I was worried about was how expensive it was going to be. Um. Yeah. I th I think personally they can risk being at six or seven hundred dollars, but they have to be like. PlayStation and Xbox would have had to make a phone call to each other and agree to do that and not undercut the other one. And while they're True. friendlier than Sega and, and Nintendo were, I don't I don't see them doing that. I don't see them saying like, let's make ours a hundred bucks cheaper because if you look at the last two console generations, the winners have always been the cheaper system out the gate. Yep. It was three six. It was three sixty uh, uh, over PlayStation three because it was cheaper. PlayStation 4 over Xbox One because it was cheaper. I mean, yep. it's not that way anymore, but by the time they catch up, they're just breaking even. Well, but exactly. I mean, you look at, I mean, you look at uh, the One and the PS4, right? Like, the PS4, they didn't launch it. They didn't rush to launch it like they did with the One. They sort of held on for a couple of months. But, okay, 
now we're going to come in a little cheaper. We right. have a little more time to work on the hardware. Yeah. You know, and we'll just we'll just call it a day. Fine. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I the Xbox One launch was completely botched, and that's why. And I, I should start a tally for every time I mention his name. The god of video gaming, Phil Spencer, is so amazing because he came back into Xbox One and brought it back to what it is now, which is a viable competitor. Mm. Um, so what? how about you, Logan? What's the amount you're going to spend, if any, since you're an 18-year-old who has no money? 18-year-old that has no money, I'd still, I'd still drop 500. <laughs> 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 that, that's a max out. I'm looking for 450, but 500 I drop. Honestly, I've been really thinking about the Xbox All Access thing. And no, we're not sponsored. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've been <laughs> thinking about. You know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that on the show a little bit. Did we? Oh, we did. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. I, I don't have any memory. I'm a, a, Once you're above the age of 35, you can't remember anything more than a day old. And when you have kids, that gets cut in half. Oh, man, right. <laughs> Immediately cut in half. Like, yeah, I don't remember anything in in the course of the day. Um, so, yeah, so I'm actually, personally, I've actually been thinking about all access because I was making a deal with my wife, like, don't buy me any Christmas present, don't buy me any birthday present, don't buy me any next Christmas present, just let me get the scarlet out the door. But now I'm thinking, my because the system I have is an original Xbox refurbished Generation One. I don't know how the thing's still chugging along, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking I can go get the, the an Xbox One S on this payment program, walk out of the door with it, paying twenty dollars a month, and then after twelve months, you just trade it in for Scarlet. Which oh wow yeah that's yeah. the deal they got now uh is basically like you can upgrade like they haven't even named the console but if you get into this program and you get this like this loan for the game the system basically you can take the system back in after 12 payments and just get the new system you just keep on the payments after that then yeah what happens is they apply everything you've paid to the 1s to the scarlet Uh, and then you basically get 120 bucks off the scarlet exactly and you get the new system until then and then you get the scarlet like i mean and then like you can keep doing the payments on the scarlet from what i understand too. sure Mm -hmm. okay so once they hook you with the one s then you're you're sort of already in for the scarlet right but i mean it's still not like car prices is the thing like oh sure yeah it's a twenty-four month loan. It's a twenty-four month loan if you get it just like right out the bat. It's twenty dollars because I was looking it up with my wife yesterday because I started to think about that and she's usually much because she's not a gamer. She's like the tempering. <laughs> so like when I come up with a crazy gaming scheme, she tells me whether it's a good idea or I'm being stupid. Uh, right. so, so we were looking you at some that. of that information yesterday, and you can actually like it's like a twenty-four month thing, and you also get Games Pass with it. For that 24 months. And if you... Games Pass is actually $10 a month normally. So if you factor in the fact of Games Pass, that's $240. So, like, that's where you're saving the money. Uh, They also benefit because you're not buying a used refurbished console. You're buying a new one from them. So they're getting the money directly. Exactly, exactly. And and if you already got a console on a payment plan, you don't have to go out and get another one. Right. Exactly, exactly. So, 
All right, so uh, we're moving on from that. I'm going to read out uh, Kev- Kevin was very vocal this week. Uh, he wanted to say that uh, the end. Uh, he just wanted to contribute. We talked about letdown endings in games we liked. Um, and uh, mm. Kev said the end of Gears of War 3 was a letdown versus the emotional impact of the rest of the story, and I'm not a Gears guy, so I'm not sure if that's true. And then he's... Uh, I, I disagree. You disagree? I don't disagree. Okay. I don't right. disagree. Well, at some point we're gonna have to have Kevin on the show because Kevin is a huge PC guy, and I think he mm. would, we would benefit from him being a guest at some point. So I'm just gonna mark down on my little piece of paper uh, that uh, you think what he said was stupid, <laughs> and then I'm gonna make sure to bring that up when he's on the show. Uh... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Thursday. Thursday, th- Thursday or Wednesday or whatever day we could do it. Uh, the end. He also said the ending of Injustice Two was terrible. I never got to play the second one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that one. Okay. He said one. he liked Injustice One, but he traded away two. And then he said Marvel vs. Capcom is awesome, and I can guarantee that the third one sucks. And I've never played it, so. I, I'll fight with Kevin on that the next time we play. But he also said that if we do end up making money, that we should still not edit our programs. Uh, make the raw audio your trademark, and then you can get better recording equipment. Uh, you can have better production value, but leave it unedited and raw. To which I responded that he just liked saying the word raw, because he said it like three times. Um, Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Monday Night Raw. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I, I think it's our trademark as being bad at this, so um, I think we keep that going. I'm sure there's a market in that somewhere. <laughs> okay, so the reason we have Mark Bell on the show is uh, not just to tote his graphical abilities, which are amazing, um, but Mark is actually involved in a local video game project. Uh, called Artemis Bridge Simulator. Now, what I know of this is it's kind of like a interactive bridge simulator video game uh, in which uh, it takes like four or five players. They sit down on a bridge. Uh, they each have a different job. One of them's the captain, and then you captain a ship through various space battles and situations. Um, I have never played this game. Um, however, I have done some work for it, um, which we could talk about later, but... Mark, why don't you give us a lowdown? What is Artemis Bridge Simulator? Um, okay. And, yeah, give us the skinny. All right. So Artemis Spaceship Bridge Simulator is a local it's, – it's designed to be sort of a LAN party game. You can have up to six or maybe even ten people all playing together on the same ship. Everybody has their own computer, but they're all linked together on the same network, um, and you're all flying the same ship. And so one person is the navigator. He flies the ship around, dodging asteroids and avoiding black holes. One person is the weapons officer, and they, you know, take the torpedoes out. They pick the targets. They do all the shooting. Um, You have a science officer who's scanning things, telling people where they need to go. You have an engineer who's actually adjusting the coolant and power levels all over the ship, telling the damage control teams where to go. Communications officer to... to talk with space stations, taunt your enemies, that kind of stuff. Um, you have fighter pilots, depending on the ship you pick. Um, there's this little single-seat craft that launch, fly around, come back and dock, all that kind of stuff. Oh, the um, fighter pilot the thing sounds really cool. I... Yeah. yeah. 
And the Fighter Pilot thing is actually pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's, it, it's not exactly like uh, a flight simulator. Exactly, right? It's not it's not uh, full, realistic 3D space physics. It's yeah. fun space physics. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're not, yeah. like, you're not hitting your thrusters for 0.2 seconds and then drifting sideways while you're... Uh, none of that stuff. So right. You right. go where you point the engine, and you go sh- blow shit up. It's um, like Star Wars so kind of space right. fighting. Yeah. Well, so it's, the feel of the game, uh, there was a review from, I think it was PC Gamer, and basically they described it as Star Trek through the rock band filter, <laughs> where you're, you're, you're all flying the ship, you're, but you're all playing together on the same ship, right? So right. You're, the captain doesn't actually have a computer. The captain's computer is the main screen, so he doesn't have any buttons to push. So, um, you know, they're telling the science officer, hey, where's the biggest, closest group of enemies? The science officer tells them, it says, okay, helm, go over that way, weapons, blow this stuff up engineering, you know, change your power levels, do this, do the case, you know. So the captain is literally just telling the other players what to do, but doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to directly do themselves, if that makes sense. It sounds like the coolest um, management retreat exercise ever. It's it actually used, uh, I'll say often, but it's, it's relative, you know. There are some people who actually do corporate leadership and teamwork building training using Artemis. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the Army actually was using Artemis as part of their um, cyber warfare training. Oh, wow. What they would do is they would be playing Artemis. Hey, can you talk about that? I don't want, like, yeah, commandos to drop in through the yeah. roof and be like, top well, secret! Well, I can't promise they won't do that, but uh, <laughs> they published it in, like, Newsweek or whatever, so it's probably okay. Um, but basically what they were doing is they were playing the game. While they were playing the game... Other trainees were trying to hack their system. Oh. And so while they were playing, they had to sort of, um, in real time, detect um, malicious code intrusion and counteract it on the fly. Oh, wow. And, and the game was, yeah, so, and so, so the game was their sort of benchmark of, is the game still running? Can you still play the game? Is it still working? Like, and just make it kind of fun, but, you know, they're, they're using it in real-life, you know, sort of um, system training for, for these cyber warfare guys. So that makes a lot. That is pretty cool. Um, how much how much does it cost? Where do you get it? And no, we're not sponsored by it, anybody who right. thinks so. Um, so so that you can get it a couple different places. Um, you can get it on Steam. Um, you can either get a single-seat license for, like, six or seven bucks, or you can get the bridge pack where you get six licenses for 40 bucks. Um, and then you can hand up those codes to your friends, you can load it on a bunch of computers, and off you go. Okay. Um, ultimately, um, I think it's Artemis SpaceshipBridge.com. I don't know. Just search Artemis SBS, uh, and the website will come up. You can buy it directly to the website instead, if you'd rather. Um, and what you get is you get a download of it, uh, you load it onto the computers, and you just run it. Um, there's no DRM, but so far we've been pretty lucky to have a really great community that's been really on top of people not sharing things well okay um, but but yeah but and basically it's like you know if you have a group of people and one guy moves and another and, so, and somebody else comes in and you want to load it on her computer you say okay hey uh give me your copy back and load it on her computer instead fine um that's, that's a really good price yeah it's yeah it's yeah, actually right? a really, it's really good, good, good price yeah 
really, really great. Um, um, so what do you do for them? Okay, so so the entire game is coded, developed, and published by one person. His name is Tom Robertson. He's a, an indie game developer. He started down in Texas at um, Interplay. Um, oh, he started he was, at Interplay? A, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was man. around uh, I, when they Next won. time I see him, I need to talk to him about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, his, his, uh, his big claim to fame was the Barbie Dreamhouse computer game. <laughs> uh, he, he did a lot of the uh, algorithms and stuff for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but uh, you know, he got – eventually it was just too much of a, of a soul-crushing grind, um, especially in the late 90s. Yeah. Um, and so he, he bounced out, basically. Um, That's fair. Um, so he's been living in Cleveland Heights for the last – I don't know, five or ten years. Um, well, and that's a huge problem in, in gaming right now. We definitely don't have time to get into it, but the whole crunch crisis oh, yeah. versus unionization oh. stuff is a, is a real is a real big thing. So I get it. I yeah. totally get it. Um, and, you know, he was like, I've got all these ideas. I'm never going to chance to work on them, so I'm going to do it myself. Um, and so he just went from Cleveland, and, um, you know, he's – the way he describes it is he's had a couple of games that were, you know, kind of cool. They worked out okay. Um, they made a couple of bucks on it. And then this one, Artemis is the only, the first one so far that had what he calls legs, where, you know, he can go to a convention and 95% of the people there who have never heard of it and they'll play it and they'll love it and they'll buy a copy of it. It's great. Um, but then what he's noticed over the last couple of years is that it's been promoting itself almost where you've got these groups of people in the community who get a bridge together and then they set it up at, um, you know, like a video game bar somewhere and mm-hmm. they invite people to come play. Yeah. Um, and well, uh, and with that you know, kind of price and the ease of like getting yeah. your friends, like giving your friends codes and stuff, I would imagine that, that it almost spreads easier, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so, so from you know a real high level view, it's um, personally I think it's phenomenal. You know, I've played Star Trek video games for a long time. <laughs> um, uh, shocked, I know. Um, but you know, one of the big things about Star Trek Online that really, really got me super interested in it was this idea that you and your friends would play on a bridge together. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then they threw in the towel and they're like, "This is too hard. We can't make it work." Uh, so everybody gets their own ship. And so it's one person per ship. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, but fine. Um, I, I've played but, Star but Trek Online game, a little bit, too. It's fun, but yeah. it does kind of lose its luster because everybody's got their own ship. Right, yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. You can pick whatever ship you want, and you don't have to wait for your friends to log on. But, um, but the cool thing about Artemis is that, like, part of the game, part of the fun for me in the game is the fact that I can't just click on my Helms guy and have him do exactly what I want him to do. Right. Part of the fun, mm. for me at least, is like, hey, go over and get that guy. No, no, not that guy. No, oh, no, wait, wait. And, and, you know, and then it erupts into chaos. Um, and three beers in, it's fantastic. <laughs> I can imagine um, that drinking plus this game would make for some real fun. <laughs> well, and so, uh, you know, Mike has these Artemis. So Mike Substelny, who is one of Tom's friends, um, he's been helping Tom with some of the, the lore and the backstory and sort of the, um, world of building. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and every couple of months, he has a huge Artemis party at his house where he sets up like five or six bridges, invites everybody he knows. Um, there's a lot of drinking. People hmm. bring like chili or whatever. And then, you know, we go play till like three in the morning. Um, one of these days, I'm actually going to accept one of his invites. It, it's fun, man. It's great fun. <laughs> um, but, but, so one of the other things that got introduced so, sort of recently is now you can have, you know, your, your group of players together in the same room, um, you know, yelling at each other and throwing things and blowing stuff up. But now you can also connect, um, you can connect it to another bridge for co-op play. That. So now you can have Ooh. a couple of ships in the same sector all fighting off these alien monsters. Um, you know, that's together. that's literally what I was going to ask you. I was like, all right, is there any plans for, like, co-op ships? That would be amazing. Yep. Yeah, and so so right now you can have, uh, yeah, you can have, uh, you know, all the, several ships up to, it can technically handle up to eight. Most networks can't traffic that many packets. Right. And so mm-hmm. real, and it, it's hard to get, like, 50 people together to play. Right. <laughs> so, right. Usually I, it's like, you know, I, Three, maybe four, but... I'll tell you, that game's going to get really cool when they make it so that um, some of the people can play the monsters. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And you can have two teams of ships. I can't wait for that day. Um, so the the Artemis Con- conventions, those are those are oh, what, yeah. you, what you're involved in. Right, yeah. So, um, so uh, four or five years ago, um, Tom had been taking the game to different conventions, Gen Con and uh, a couple of like Burning River Con. I think he went to once or twice, but um, you know, just, just, just taking it to different conventions. But he was getting it was to the point where people were like, "Hey, can we have an Artemis convention where we're not fighting off all these other people who don't want to play Artemis? We just want to play Artemis all weekend." And he's like, "Sure." So <laughs> we rented a hotel, um, and like a hundred people showed up. Um, and we filled the ballroom with computers, and we blew stuff up all weekend, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> um, and so, we, and so um, Artemis Armada is what we call the con. Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of where he does the big release of the new features every year now. Um, and so uh, coming up in uh, April? To the end of March or beginning of April. I'll have to check. I should have checked that before I got online. Ah, don't worry about um, it. Uh, Ar- uh, Artemis Armada 5 is happening in Cleveland. Uh, okay. Technically at Beachwood or something. But, um, and uh, so, you know, part of uh, part of what Armada is about is not only getting a bunch of people together. So, let me back up. Um, in addition to being able to link with other ships on the same network, you can now also link with other ships online. There's no, like, matchmaking service or anything like that. Um, but basically, you can, um, if you send out the IP address of your central server, main computer, um, other bridges can then log on remotely. That's pretty awesome. Um, and so, you know, there's a couple of, yeah, there's, so there's a couple of groups online right now who get together every week or so, and, you know, they're, there's a group in Dayton, and there's a group in Washington, D.C., and there's a group in Toronto, um, there's a group in... Phoenix, you know, just all over the country, but every week they get together to play. Because uh, they can play online, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, but Armada lets everybody, you know, get together and right. 
meet these people who they've been playing online with forever, and, um, and you know, and we there's there's some other fun stuff that happens over the weekend. Right. Um, you know, we'll have yeah. uh, special mission events. We'll have uh, we call it the officer exchange, mm. where you get um, you know you have seven or eight bridges now playing Artemis, and then about ten minutes in, we call all the engineers up and assign them to different ships. Huh. Nice. And then ten minutes after that, we call all the weapons officers out and have them go to different ships, which nice. is great because now you're scrambling because you can't shoot anything while you got a new weapons officer. Right. It's, it's good fun. That's pretty um, cool. But yeah, um, but the other thing that we do is we have these video projects that Zach has been involved in is now infamous in the Artemis community, <laughs> um, which is fantastic. It's um, a little ridiculous. It. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, I've so, never even played the game, and it's like I have a so they Logan they record like actual mm-hmm. video, like they use like scripted like people basically for mm-hmm. a lot of like cutscenes and stuff, so like instead of computer animated. So they film them on a green screen, um, and yeah. I play a character in this game. <laughs> yep. So the first, the first character was a pirate ship, uh, cargo master. Oh, I forget cargo master. Oh man, those were those were breakthrough moments. Um, I don't know. I I'm referred to as as Crazy Eddie in the circles. I'm well, not referred that, to that as is, pirate cargo guy. Taken over. <laughs> True. Um, but for the next for Armada three, I think we we filmed a bunch of just commercials. Just just be running in the ballroom on a TV sort of in the background because the idea was it was sort of mm. a, like a space station and so it was like in an airport where you got your arrivals and departures and stuff um, and every once in a while a commercial would cut in um, so it filled a bunch of these you know sort of cheeky silly commercials about um, safety you know, yeah. <laughs> like like ship safety and um, uh, getting apartments on the space station and these alien sushi places um, and then we had one for a used spaceship dealership called Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie's used spaceship. Um, the original, the, the guy who wrote it, Doug, originally thought of mm-hmm. this sort of one of those local like car ads where you've got the guy who's sort of selling the cars like this and kind of reading the script funny. Um, but then Zach took it. <laughs> and that was out the window. <laughs> um, and, and Zach went crazy with it. Uh, really put the crazy and crazy Eddie, right? Um, and it was we every single person who saw it just just died laughing. Uh, it was fantastic to the point where people who write these special mission scripts that you can run instead of your regular sort of arcade mode, um, you can run these scripted story missions where mm-hmm. you know you you create a sort of a backbone mission and you tell it you know you can put words in the enemy's mouths and have them send you messages and trigger videos and stuff like that. Um, they actually wrote one starring Crazy Eddie. Um, <laughs> and then for this year, they're actually, there's going to be a whole nother segment of videos um, involving Crazy Eddie in galactic level um, inter- interspecies relationships. It is a little ridiculous. Totally, like he's become totally this like character. And it's fantastic. Like a main story <laughs> character 
even yeah. though he was just a car salesman because everybody just loves it when I go crazy on camera, apparently. <laughs> and and what, what's kind of fun about Artemis is that it's, because it's a, it's still technically an indie, it's, it's an indie game, right? It's not a, it's not a big mm -hmm. game. Um, Tom is on the forums, he's interacting with fans, we have communities, you know, people are, people are taking the idea of Artemis and sort of running with it. Um, creating um, not just you know not just having laptops on a table, but creating you know specialized pieces of hardware. This that is very moddable. Computer, um, to to make it look like a console from Star Trek, and oh. so instead mm -hmm. of clicking your mouse and poking at the screen, you're actually like adjusting dials and having these big switches and you know these interactive hardware pieces, um, and people are creating their own stories in this Artemis community. Um, and with with Armada and the ability to create these videos and special missions and stuff like that, you know, we, we actually lean on the community and take their input and use these created characters from the community um, and put them in a the game, basically. Uh, you know, Ar Artemis canon, if you want to go there, is very loose. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, but, but the ability to interact and to have fantastic community members that get them involved in the story right, at Armada. It's just, it's just a real fantastic time. Oh, it definitely sounds like it. It, it really does. It's it's very interesting, yeah. and uh, one of these days, uh, I'm going to accept that invite and actually try and play it, and one of these days, when Logan and I actually meet face-to-face, -face, maybe we'll go play some Armada with you guys. Hey! Maybe? Maybe we'll go to one of these uh, the, the Armadas. That would be pretty sweet. Hey, there you All go. Right. All right. So, how how long have you guys been working on this, Mark, Mark especially? Um. So I know Tom has been working on this game for, whoa, uh, at least ten years now. Uh, we're on version like two point seven four or something. Um, and then three point is coming out next year sometime probably. But um, I've been involved with it since twenty twelve or so. Um. Mm -hmm. And my, my initial involvement in it was actually in doing game mods, um, because Artemis is its own universe. It's got its own ships, yeah. its own races, its own aliens to go blow up. Um, but immediately people said, well, could I make it into a Star Wars game, or a Firefly game, or maybe a Star Trek game, right? Yeah. Um, and the way the game is built, it's, it's very easy to mod it with different ships and different change the abilities of the ships and add new races and, and, and really reskin the whole game. Um, and so back in 2012, I think it was, um, I started working on a Star Trek The Next Generation mod uh, mm. for Artemis. And so, and I've been growing that as the game has been growing for the last, you know, what, seven, eight years now. Um, and that, that was kind of my first uh, involvement with the community. I'm, I'm currently one of the, um, uh, the forum moderators too so there's a, there's a forum where people can go and um, talk shop and ask questions and do troubleshooting and publish their mods and do all kinds of stuff I'm mm -hmm. one of the moderators on the forum too I, I love the mod support on the game I mean mod support is oh it's great I, I want mod support so so bad yeah. I wish Artemis could come to consoles actually I, I don't know how it would happen ever but I wish yeah. it could well I know um a couple of revisions ago, uh, Tom had actually released a iPhone and Android version, so you could, because you know a lot of the game, uh, 
you can use a touchscreen. It's designed to use a touchscreen for mm-hmm. wow. keyboard and mouse. Uh, and so it worked really well on mobile devices, um, especially for like science or other kind of pan and scan sort of. Uh, that would be cool. Um, and, and so it worked out really nicely, but at the time, Tom had to contract another company to actually do the port because he only does PC coding. Like people play it on Mac and Linux through um, emulators and shells and stuff. But, I see. You know, the game is specifically released for PC. Um, but for 3.0, um, we've been we've been badgering him for years now um, that his game engine really needs an overhaul because it's you know eight or ten year old game engine. Um, mm. And so you know for 3.0, he's building up a new game engine from the ground up, and part of his goal is to get it so that you can. Um, so he can port it out to other operating systems much more easily. Um, and so I don't, I know he's done code, I know he worked on PS2 games at one point. Um, so mm. the, the, the console path from you know, 20 years ago at least is probably still fresh in his mind. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the ability to play something like Helm or uh, Fighter. Right on an Xbox is pretty sweet. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, yeah, I would love to play that fighter on a Xbox. Honestly, that'd be awesome. I, I will, I, I will say that um, I did take out my old Steel Battalion controller and plug that in, and that was a <laughs> friggin' blast to play a fighter on. Steel Battalion, that fucking game, man. Oof. Oh yeah. Do you know what Steel Battalion is, Logan? I have no idea what Steel Battalion right. is. Steel Battalion oh, is this game <laughs> for original Xbox, and they made this controller that is – it's – how many buttons is it? It's like 200-some, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's over 40 buttons. Over 40 it's buttons. Got, it's a peripheral uh, that replaces the controller, yeah. and it's basically <laughs> a console that you would put on your coffee table in front of you, and then it also has mm-hmm. two foot pedals, and it is – and basically, Steel Battalion is a mech game in which you have a full mech thing in front of you. And, you know, so you've got um, a throttle, you've got a, um, a, a horizontal joystick for turning your torso back and forth. Right. Got a, uh, the foot pedals allow you to walk, joystick, you have all the toggles for all your weapons switches. and stuff. Um, but, the, I, think it was a, I think it was a Konami game. And the trick about the game is supposed to be super hardcore. And so if your mech blew up and you didn't eject it, game over, wiped your save game. Yeah, it was a permadeath oh, system. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was complete permadeath. <laughs> no, right? So it, it was like, if it, you think you're about to go, just hit the eject. Just not worth it. I, I actually, I, I knew another friend who had it too, and it was he, uh-huh. he, he played it. And it's like, I, so I've seen it played, and I was like, man – I kind of wish this game was a little bit better. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. they put all their eggs in that peripheral basket and uh-huh. didn't, didn't build the game so much. They're like, oh, shit, was, we got to we gotta make a game for this to play on. <laughs> like, it was oh. a $200 joystick with a free game. It had these weird cinema screens where it was just like it would cut to just a dude talking to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very strange. Um, it was a strange game. So, I ended up picking up the uh, controller on eBay for pretty cheap because it's used. Um, didn't, the game didn't even come with it, and I didn't care because the Xbox, the original Xbox um, connector was just a USB connector. And so I just 
well, it was slightly modified Street Fighter. So I just hacked off the end, put on a new connector, plugged it into my computer, and I I played BattleTech with it. Oh, it's freaking sweet. That is cool. awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. To play a um, good mech game with that controller uh-huh. would be. Yeah, Mech Mech Warrior Four was not. It it was it was fine. Have you but played the, the new the... BattleTech that's only for PCs that Fasa made no. itself? Uh oh yeah no yeah I did I it did was I kickstarted did, uh, wasn't the it? Turn based one. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah the turn based one yeah it's, it's it's great it it feels you know it it replicates the tabletop game. The tabletop game yeah I, not... I saw an interview with that game developer and he was like mm-hmm. we're all about making that tabletop game happen. Yep. Basically. Yep. And, it, and it feels like it and it's I would argue it's 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 arguably better than a tabletop game just because you don't have to look up the wind direction table. Mm, I see. <laughs> you know? Like like it takes all of that all of those table look up tables number crunching random was, number crap. Yeah, and the computer handles. Yeah, I had BattleTech as a kid and it was like to do a turn was 3 hours. Oh yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> It's like I move three hexes this way. Now let's see what the wind does to me. Let's see if I slide because I walked on terrain. Let's see if I can get a shot. Out. Like it was. Oh, did I overheat? I blew up. Oh. Did I? Did I overheat? <laughs> yeah. I love when they made the table t- the role playing game. I think we're getting a little off track, but I love when they made the role playing game version and they were like, for combat in the mech, just use battle tech. And I was like. What? There's no way you're gonna role play for like 20 <laughs> minutes, then get into a fight, and it's four. Like that's your entire next three sessions. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's like okay. Sorry. Anyway. So no. anyway, so yeah. So um, the so so Artemis itself is is really kind of open form in terms of the peripherals you can use with it. Um, and uh, there's there's a just a file called uh, input dot h or whatever it is. Um, and it's where you go and you set up all of your keyboard shortcuts. Um, mm. It's where you define, like, okay, I want this key to turn the shields on. You're speaking Logan's Logan's language now. If, uh, if the game doesn't have button mapping, he's immediately mad. Oh yeah, you can you can map you can map all pretty much all the commands and controls to buttons or joysticks or mice or whatever. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it's it's very very configurable. You can use whatever tools you want. Um, it has. Uh, you can also connect it to a an open DMX uh, DMX five twelve lighting controller, and then the game will output the current status of your ship um, to your lighting rig. And so, if the shields go up, you know your room could wash in blue. And oh wow! Flashes. <laughs> That's sick. Uh, yeah, oh, it's super fun. It is, it is wild. And it seems it like a, a very time. highly moddable game, which is the best. Yes, it is, it is very, very flexible, very moddable. Um, you know, and and the, the game itself is fun, right? You're you're flying around. You're the only ship in the sector, and you know, of course. Um, and there's waves of enemies coming in. You've got your sort of uh, swarms, weak dudes. You've got your big tank guys. You've got your fighter, the the carrier craft, and you've got the really scary elite guys um you know so there's 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 a there's a range of things to blow up um there's a couple of different mission modes that you can do um and there's all these scripted missions which sort of take the basic waves of enemies and then change it a little bit like one somebody made a a dungeon crawl by kind of forcing the ship into um 
corridors, and if you got too close to the walls, they were just full of mines. <laughs> like descent, so, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, old school. So, so, I don't think anybody yeah. listening to this is gonna know what that is. Oh man, that was yeah. that was my jam, dude. Descent is old school. Descent is some old school shit. Super old. School. I'll explain it, it to you fun. sometime, Logan. And the whole time I'm explaining to you, I'll talk like this. Back in my day, we had this game, Descent, where uh, you couldn't really tell what anything really was. Yeah. Some of them were shiny and you shot at it. Yeah. It was crazy. That's how we dungeon crawled yeah. in spaceships. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we are basically out of time. We have spent okay. almost the entire podcast on this. So, yeah. uh, let me, uh, I'm just going to really quickly run down the other two subjects. Uh, Ko- Hideo Kojima is overrated and sucks, and the reviews are reflecting that. Uh, there should never be an Overwatch 2. Okay, I think I covered everything in the other two things we're going to talk about. <laughs> I, uh, completely, uh, completely neutral uh, views on some very, uh, very neutral subjects. Oh yeah, yeah, very neutral. Just, just please, please, the world, please, the world. This will not be the last time I rant about this, and I'm not going to lie, Mark. You almost got bumped just because I wanted to rant about this. Um. <laughs> Please listen to me. Hideo Kojima is overrated, and just because he puts some weird shit in a game that nobody else has put in a game doesn't mean it's good. Just because you strap a baby to your chest and go ghost hunting and they're like, hey, that's original, it doesn't make it a good idea. It just doesn't. So please, now that the reviews are in, and this guy trolled the entire gaming community by making an entire game about inventory management, can we take him off this pedestal? Oh. And we have one listener that I'm probably going to lose by saying this. Metal Gear sucks! Yeah, I did it. I said it, and I'm sticking to it. You can at me, internet, at me. Metal Gear sucks. It's overcomplicated. The bad guys don't make sense. It's ridiculous. And just because he put into the game this feature where, like, everybody was like, oh, you switch the controller to two. I don't give a shit about that. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. I'm done. I'm done. Now that I've made the entire internet mad, I am. I'm done. Yeah, we, do, we don't talk about controversial things here. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a good policy, really. <laughs> we, make, we make everybody mad and then say, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> we make them all mad and then we just leave. Funny. All right, well, we are out of time. I hope you guys like this very Artemis-heavy episode. Um, I do want to say... Uh, shameless self-promotion section here um logan you go first mark you go second and then i will go last night six or five youtube go check it out full highlights it's great all right uh i don't really have a youtube channel um (laughs) so go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i guess you have been plugging artemis for the entire episode so okay yeah go go check out artemis go check out artemis (laughs) That's what you should do. Google Artemis SBS and go from there. <laughs> Will I come up if they Google Crazy Eddie? I wonder. Now I got to check that. Google your, you should Google your persona. I'm Googling <laughs> it right now. Crazy Eddie. 
Crazy Eddie Artemis. Don't just put Crazy Eddie in there. Uh, Who knows yeah. what you'll get. Uh, uh, you should you should totally link to the Crazy Eddie commercial. It's on YouTube. Put it in the comments or the description. I'm pointing to the bottom. <laughs> we should. Well, I do not come up if you type in Crazy Eddie Artemis. You, uh, Crazy Eddie founder of Fraudster Eddie Antar dies at 68 is what comes up. So that's a real bummer. Dang. I'll tell you what. I'll uh, I'll find I'll I'll get the link to the commercial. I'll send it over to you. So you oh, that would be it. wonderful. I mean, that's yeah. that's fine. If people want to see me in some stupid shit, I wasn't trying to promote myself in this. I wanted to promote our. We are in the shameless self promotion though, right? That's, that's true. true. It's true. <laughs> we are in that section. I I suppose <laughs> now is the time. Crazy Eddie right. for life. Right. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, till I'll, he's I'll... like the main bad guy. Because I feel like it's slowly progressing to, like, Eddie being the, like, somehow emperor of evil. We, honestly, to be perfectly honest, we thought about that for this one. <laughs> we, we figured it would be funnier if he was accidentally the hero. <laughs> Through well, no fault of his own. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy recording every time I come in to do, uh, to do my stuff. Um, Excellent. All right, so uh, you know the channel. Check out everything we have to offer. Old Man Gaming. Uh, Monday we do reviews. Wednesdays we do Borderlands 330. Fridays are the podcasts. Uh, you can check out the podcasts on YouTube, but of course you can also check it out on most podcasting apps now. Um, and uh, we might actually get money if you do that. So if you want to listen to it, uh, you can probably find it on your favorite podcast app. Um I also want to say that I am doing a show. I don't know when I'm going to post it here and there, uh, which is uh, the Disco of the Dumb, which is I'm doing a dumb playthrough of um, Outer Worlds, um, which I can tell you the second and third episode get a lot better because the dumb questions start rolling in. And then um, <laughs> we are also, uh, me and Logan are working on a little special to say farewell yep. to a game that we have loved for so long. Realm Royale is is closing up shop. It is uh it is no longer going to be. So we we recorded a let's play yesterday. I have to do some editing, but that will be up at some point, probably within the week's end. So that's it for me. And uh, as far as the rest of it goes, as long as you guys keep watching or listening to this or any of the stuff we, uh, I do, we will. We will just keep up on making them. So thank you for allowing us to do 15 episodes. Woohoo!